Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betspurts. All right. Now, Drew, we're splitting these up in podcast form. Yes. So, <clears throat> could you, please, I'm going to take a five-second count in my head, and then I need you to do it again. Welcome to the deep dive. We are back. Our next team in our NFC North preview is, of course, the Chicago Bears, um, a team near and dear to many of the folks in the Bestbirds family's heart, and a team that, I'll be honest with you, I have going to have a tough time finding any, any silver lining uh, for the Chicago Bears for the upcoming 2022 season. We're going to do our best not to just be... Some. Not just to dump the sewage takes on them, but uh, they, you know, the Bears in the last four or five years were, they were such a, um, I, I don't want to say predictable because it's not like I made tons of money getting them right, but like it was such a, like an arc, it was such a, a familiar arc of how a team kind of turns to spoiled milk, you know? Yeah, the old... And, it's like the having the baby to save yourself from a divorce. Like it's oh, it didn't work. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. Trading up to draft a quarterback to save your job, and it's yeah. How many times have we seen that shit? Yeah, tale as old as time. Out, some um, out. So yeah, and I, like, did they need a change? Obviously, yes. Like that was an extremely toxic. Uh, front office head coaching combination. And there are still lots of unanswered questions about where it all went wrong for the bears under the Nagy regime. Um, but certainly the fact that they did not handle the Mitch Trubisky development process well is this kind of the key sin. Uh, and then they put uh, an aging roster around, uh, you know, a team that didn't have their quarterback and wide receiver answers figured out. Um, and, you know, ultimately could only hope for purgatory uh and making a playoff game and then not winning one um so it was a very underwhelming unimpressive uh couple of years there it's been the end was was due i thought they needed to move on um the last year of the ryan pace experience was so 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 bad though he gave signed lots of he gave away lots of capital he left the cupboard absolutely bare like a tough to say, uh, you know, actually, you know what, if Bill O'Brien didn't exist in our consciousness and what he did to the Houston Texans on his way out of town, if that didn't exist, we would be more appalled by the state of the franchise that was left in place as Ryan Pace was let, was let go. Pace? And, yeah. yeah, Pace took the key to the executive bathrooms and just straight up <laughs> on the way out. Like, he... He, yeah, and, and it's not like even if he would have been attempting to try to keep things in good shape for the next regime, it was so far gone at that point already. And yes, it, it was time to move on for them. 2021 saw, you know, what was it, six and 11. They were fired sometime in January. It was one of those where, yeah, they, like, I get it. You move up to take a quarterback if you really believe in it because it's super important. But now you're hamstrung in a bunch of other places. And if it doesn't turn out good, then you're hamstrung everywhere. 
So like the fields thing, and this is where we're going to be kind of dooms and glooms. The fields thing kind of has to work out. Otherwise, this is a long rebuild. As much as we said all these nice things about the Lions rebuild, like like it or not, the Bears are in a rebuild right now. Like the defense from four, three, four years ago has taken a big step back. They've lost some big pieces from that. Their offensive line is shambles. Um, they have 30 wide receiver threes on the roster now. They just traded for another one today in Nikhil Harry. Like they lost, you know, the biggest part of their passing game from the past few years in the offseason. And yeah, they trade. You lose Mac. You lose, uh, you got, you got Robert Quinn. Just, uh, I think that's a trade. It's going to happen. He's just not coming to camp. So it is a, what'd you say? Empty cupboard? Empty cupboard is, it's an insult to empty cupboards. <laughs> because this is, you're going to have to have some stuff absolutely turn around. And I'll get to that when we get to the field stuff. But yeah, the win total was six and a half. And they won like week 16 and 17, I think. So they scared it, but ended up, uh, I think the the Vikes beat them pretty bad in the final game there. What was, I'm guessing, a meaningless game for both teams, and um, they did stay under their season win total. And then, yeah, it was a bottom five offense, and then you lose, you know, a Rob and the defense just been taking steps back. Akeem Hicks walked, Mac traded, like it went from a bottom five offense, and they really did very little to address it in the off season. And the defense is in need of, I don't know, a little bit of a, I don't, not a personality, an identity. They, they need to kind of rebuild that up. That said, Eberflus, Eber, are we doing Eberflus or Eberflus? Eber? I think Eber. I'm going to go with Eber. And somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. That's how little audio content I've taken in on this. I've been just doing reading. Um. My teacher friend said that to me once, and we should use this anytime I do a tennis podcast. You should never make fun of somebody for mispronouncing a word because it means they read it in a book, guys. That means they're re- <laughs> and reading is fundamental. But uh, sure. yeah, the, the Eber, I'll get to the Eberflus stuff, but that's kind of like the silver lining for all of this for me. And I'm, I'll get to some silver lining amid the doom and gloom is the coaching change has to take hold and it has to take hold fast. Similar to what we saw in Detroit. We're like, hey, this was the right guy for the job. Like, they might not be good this year, but we see some glimpses and glimmers. Like, that has to work. Otherwise, yeah, I'm looking for nice things to say, and I I don't have a ton. I don't know. What you what'd you think of last year other than it was just 18 weeks of waiting for Nagy to be fired? Well, they started out three and two somehow (laughs) which was crazy and they were among the worst and this is i think two years in a row they started out somewhat successful and like the major takeaway was well this is the worst blank and blank team of all time (laughs) like they're just not anywhere close to the results here um yeah their first eight games there drew before the before their well their first nine games before their week 10 bye Eight of those nine teams were playoff teams. Yeah. I believe, yeah, the, the Lions didn't make the playoffs. Beat and then, two of them head to head. But yeah, the, their first two games yeah. were against the Super Bowl teams. They played the Rams, the yeah, Bengals. Right. They beat You're the right. Bengals. And You're then, right. I mean, they played the Packers. They played the Niners. They, I mean, the Steelers and Raiders were in the playoffs, I guess. But 
I mean, they played the Browns. Those are all playoff teams. The yeah. Lions are the only non-playoff team they played before their bye. And I mean, and again, they they faced the Packers again. The, the rest of the season was a lot easier from a, that standpoint, not playing many playoff teams outside the Cardinals and Pack. But it was a it was a tough start for the season, and I mean, I don't know even if it, even an easier schedule would have you know shown different results. Truthfully, yeah, no, I don't disagree with that at all. I think this it was this was coming. It was it was obvious. And you know they and. Um, and yeah, like the turnover of the roster this last offseason um, is, I mean, none of the moves, none of the moves in a vacuum were indefensible considering what this team ought to be thinking about in terms of their hopes and dreams and goals for the 2022 campaign, right? Like every, like the Khalil Mack trade, probably the, the perfect example, like, you turned that contract into an asset by flipping it, which is was good ultimately, but it does nothing to help you try to win a game in 2022. Um, and you know, the some of the additions they swung on some actually, like, man, I don't even remember it now, but one of the first free agency move they offered a guy on a, maybe it was a defensive tackle, like a big check and obviously basically telegraphing to Akeem Hicks that they weren't going to make an effort to re-sign him. And then that was a head scratcher. And then the guy like failed his physical. They didn't even end up bringing him in. Um, And so like, there's been moments like that during the off season where it's been like, uh Oh, is Ryan poles in over his head? Like, or, or is he just, you know, he's going to make some mistakes, but he has got an impossible task considering what was available from a draft capital and from a player, uh, you know, just a player, personnel contract situation um they lost a in your lot heart of hearts though how do you feel like right now because with ryan Poles, oh, i feel like I'm, i feel like this is pr- like this is uh, taking take you take justin fields out of the picture no but how do you feel um, about ryan poles I, I didn't phrase that well like i have oh. to give ryan poles a full incomplete because oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. such a small yeah. part of what we're gonna see out of this uh this management team I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know if some of the stuff could absolutely backfire, but <clears throat> his hands were, like you said, his hands were so tied by with what pace left him. I yeah. I don't know if you can blame him for anything at this point. I think he, I, I'm okay saying he gets it. Benefits of doubts are being given. Like I say, he gets it. He gets what he's got. He's not yeah. delusional about where system he's in. Like, and I'm, I say that just based on letting the entire aging defense walk out the door. Like that was the correct decision and that was a tough decision, but they had to do it. And they now have a very young slash very poor defensive roster from a talent standpoint, a couple, couple bright spots on there, but lots and lots of holes. Um, no depth period. Um, and that may, you know, that may not matter much because the offense is where the rebuild starts for them. And they have a quarterback in Justin Fields who's a bit of an unknown. Um, but the pieces that you have around him are not an NFL team. 
Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing with uh, year two of this quarterback. And it's funny, too. We'll get to the schedule, but like he's playing all the other quarterbacks that got drafted yeah. last year, too. Well, like, right Andy, right yeah. off the gate, it's it's Fields Lance, probably. He plays Mac. He plays Mills. Like It's going to be fun. Yeah. The, the, it sucks that like we have to hear about it all week, every week when they play each other. But like the, the Fields year two, is that's the silver lining that has to happen despite – so many things that are going against the young man immediately off the bat. What were you well, saying? let me ask you, let me ask you about this offensive roster. Last year's Houston Texans team was the worst offensive roster that I can remember in all my years handicapping football. That's fair. Is this them rated pretty lowly? Is this offensive roster better or worse than that team? So, and again, like the biggest problem and sacks are a quarterback stat for the most part, but it doesn't help when the offensive line is bad. The offensive line not only didn't get better, it probably got worse. They just switched the order of the bags of garbage and got rid of a couple pieces that weren't half bad. And the ones that they got rid of and replaced, it's, it's not like they did any upgrading. So the offensive line continuing to be that bad and then trying to transition fields to a new a new kind of offense and then losing your best receiver and uh, probably worse. Like they have higher upside. I think fields is, is a high, high ceiling if we can finally get them somewhere, but you have a couple of okay running backs. Like you have a couple of okay running backs who can catch some passes, but the offensive line is horrible. Justin Fields is a complete unknown. If you can play at this level and your wide receiver room is bottom five. Like even, you know, this Jones, this Jones guy that they drafted is like our age from, <laughs> from Tennessee. The, and the best part is like, he, he was like some sort of returner slash scat back for chunks of his career at college. Like they're giving him Corderell Patterson comps, which apparently means he'll be good in 2030. <laughs> when, he signs with when he signs with his fifth franchise so like i don't even know like you know they, they future did make... atlanta falcons stand out in 2030 yeah. Vellis jones jr yeah they, they made an attempt but they didn't get anyone early and that's what happens when you leverage your picks to move up for a quarterback like they did the you know the year prior and they leveraged some other picks for some trades in previous years so they didn't have draft capital and they and it shows for what they have their offensive line and their and their second and their receiving room is yeah they're both when those two spots are bottom five in the league you're not gonna have a good offense like you're not even gonna there's no way you're getting out of the bottom five in offenses so it's probably a decent chance this could be the worst offense we see this year is the left tackle really larry borum yes is that really the blindside tackle for justin fields yeah, and I think he was a right tackle in college too. So <laughs> I mean, like, I guess when you have a left guard that's as good as Cody Whitehair, it's okay putting Larry Borum <laughs> next to him, right? So like, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Cody or Borum, Borum played right the right side. He was a right right guard, right tackle in college. So yeah, oh, they okay. took a guy who, out of his natural position, put him on the blind side, and then the rest of the offensive line sucked. So it is. I'm not saying Larry Borum is bad. Like he was. He was fine in college. Apparently, he was good enough to get drafted in the middle rounds. But 
like this as a whole better than you or me yeah sure yeah it's better than if you put me out there i don't have the footwork but yes this is (laughs) i am not hopeful for fields year two and i will i do want to so here's my silver lining and mark this down bears fans because this is the only silver lining you're getting for this entire section of this podcast is the coaching is slightly unknown and aber really 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 did turn around a horrible colts defense now it did help that they drafted you know darius leonard really good players but but who's to who's to say darius leonard would have thrived in another system with another coach i've heard and again you you get nothing but this sort of quotes you know nobody's going to talk shit about their their coaching camp but they i mean you're seeing a lot of quotes of just like everybody is pretty pumped like I don't know. Sometimes I think players are upset when a coach is like, oh, I don't think there's any upset players. Like, I don't think anyone cared for Nagy or where the direction of the team was going. And a lot of them, you know, aren't, aren't people who were on the team the other year anyway. So Aberflus, yeah, chicken and the egg, Patrick. But Aberflus made several other players on that team pretty good. And I believe he was the guy, and this is another testament to like his character or what people believe in him he was hired with mcdaniel and then remember and then he backed out of that deal and they kept him anyway like they made when when right came on like the who i think it was the g it was probably ballard like he made the case for Reich to keep Aberflus, and it worked That's out. Right. It, it made a big difference that defense really took some steps forward in 18 and 19 he is, I think, a good leader of men. I think you might have something similar to what you saw with Dan Campbell, where it's like, I don't know if this guy is going to fix everything, but he's the right guy for the job right now. And then, um, you know, go, coming along with that is this Getsy character, who I uh, know even less about. But he did move up pretty quickly at Green Bay. And, I mean, apparently he worked under Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. And Joe Moorhead's known as a really, really high-end, like an RPO guru. Okay. Like he was one. Of, he was an early adopter of it. He has great RPO schemes. So you have a offensive coach who goes up to Green Bay and knows a shitload about RPOs, which is not a good fit, really, for a quarterback like uh, Aaron Rodgers, who sure. I want to say they do run RPOs in Green Bay, but he throws on like 90% of them because he's just scheming people open or looking people open. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's that good. Like having someone who's going to be RPO heavy, understands it, understands implementing that scheme can mask a bad offensive line. If you can put a good game plan together to take advantage of the strengths of his scrambling. And like we talked about, uh, Justin Fields was sacked 36 times. He only started 10 games. You know, if you he played in a couple other ones, but that is a lot of sacks for somebody who didn't even play the entire season. And a lot yeah. of it was they're trying to use him as this drop back quarterback at times. And I, I really think if anybody's gonna understand that this Getsy cat has to know this is not Aaron Rodgers. This is the guy I was actually meant to coach because I have sure. this knowledge. And yeah, again, you mask the bad offensive line. And God, I, I wrote something down here that I absolutely have to find. So and the Nagy, the 
the frustration that Bears fans have to feel. I'm sorry, Chicago too. If you're if you're a Chicago fan, Tony Larusa is kind of nagging you right now. You you've had a run of coaches who've been um, annoying at best, but they just would not run RPOs with him. They refused to do it. They only they only did it. I think 19 times it says, and he mm-hmm. averaged seven yards a play on those. So he oh, wow. He, yeah, they 19 RPOs in 12 games with a running quarterback. And yes, 7.2 yards per play when they did run those. And you can say, well, if they did it more, maybe, you know, it wouldn't have been as an effective. Fuck, give me five yards a play. I would be yeah. more than happy with that. So if, and it, so I'm, this is a lot of ifs and nuts, candy nuts, Merry Christmas. But if Aberflus is a leader who can get more out of this, anemic defense and make some pieces that maybe nobody saw playing well this year better than they are. You know, you get above replacement level player from some of these defensive pieces and Getsy can put an offense into place that actually uses Justin Fields strengths. This team might not lose 17 games (laughs) because if those things don't happen, if this offense looks anything like we saw last year, and this defense is as bad as advertised, they're liable to lose every damn game. Like, there's yeah. no automatic wins on this schedule. No, there's not. And there's a lot of, oh, by the way, there's a lot of really good pass rushes. And we didn't even get <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, we didn't even get to, again, well, this is the theme before, so far, the secondary is horrible. Well, wait, before moving off of Fields year two, looking at the depth chart, who leads this team in targets? Like who will lead this team or who has the most yeah. targets? Who will lead this team in targets? I, I don't even know who like your it's it's gotta be Mooney. <laughs> it'll it'll be Mooney. Like Mooney Mooney is your number one right now. I, I'd say Komet Komet is gonna get a lot of work, but I don't know. I think I think it's gonna be Mooney and then Komet and the running backs. Like I think there might be a you have a wide receiver and then it's a bunch of not non-wide receivers. You have Komet and a running back, and then maybe you know none of these other receivers have like fifty yard or fifty catch seasons. I mean, Byron yeah. Pringle, man, it's it's a yeah. equanimous Saint Brown is the worst Saint Brown. Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle, a rookie, um, Shimba Webster, I, Tajay Sharp. There's a guy whose name I remember from years ago in Tennessee. So it is. It's 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 a, it's, it's a bad. It's bad, Mooney. Bad. We have. I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna write this down. I'm I'm calling it Mooney. Mooney leads the team in targets if he stays healthy. I suppose. I yeah. I think where we've come the long way to get here, but this is my lowest graded offense coming into a regular season in a long time. Yeah. It's the floor is 32. Yeah. And the ceiling, as you mentioned, the turnover on defense, they are now, they have lost a lot of starting, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, meaningful, both locker room leaders and just in general talent on the defensive side of the ball. Not, you know, not even stopping at Mack and Hicks, but 
um, you know, in the in the linebacker and the sec- linebacking core and the secondary core as well. But they still retain Robert Quinn, who's a decent pass rusher. They still have Roquan Smith, who could definitely do a damn decent Darius Leonard impression under in an app Eberflus system, Eberflus system. Um, <clears throat> I'm not giving up on Eddie Jackson, even though he had a poor season last year. I'm not giving up on some of the other kind of projects on this squad, but it's definitely like the ceiling for the defense is average. <laughs> it's not going to carry this team to wins, which means. And, and we'll see are, if Quinn uh, is on the team. Like there's still heavy, heavy rumors that Quinn would be traded. And I don't know. Oh, I would take to... whatever I can get from it. Yeah, I, I would absolutely like try to get some, try to get some picks and. Yeah maybe a number two wide receiver to go with all your number threes or an yeah. offensive lineman. If you can give me a wide receiver, an offensive lineman and some combination of picks, I would, uh, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, what's your general expectation for the secondary here? Um, we have a expected starting left cornerback, Jalen Johnson, who I thought, was one of the few bright spots from the pace era from a drafting standpoint. I thought he showed you he could play last year, uh, especially as a rookie. Um, he might be a decent CB1, uh, but the rest of this crew is, uh, you know, anyone's guess. Yeah, that was the joke you made about um, what if, uh, who's our guy, Akuda is good, throw somewhere else. Like, that's going to be the case. If, if, yeah, right. If, if he continues his... Hey, he's good. The, the rest of the secondary is really there's. I mean, some of it's camp battles. Like that's not. Yeah. Good. When, you have camp, when you have camp battles at basically three out of four spots, and you sure do. The, the one the one you have filled is a sophomore, like essentially like a twenty three year old kid. So it's going to be worse than the Lions secondary, I believe. CB two right now penciled in as the rookie from Washington, Kyler Gordon. Is that right? Yeah. That, again, it'll be a camp battle, but there's a decent chance you'll be starting a rookie out at that other corner, which is a good way to, hey, throw to that guy. Yeah. Nickelback, Tavon Young, who they just brought in, uh, he's a, he could be a CB2 in an average league, average defense. <laughs> oh, man, dude. This is uh, not great. Um, no, and it's yeah. and again, yeah. If 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 Quinn walks or Quinn's traded and they've lost Hicks and you know uh, Mac, it takes a lot of starch out of a big chunk of the defense. And then yeah, the secondary is probably going to struggle. So it's it's a team that's probably doesn't have a good offense, has a bad secondary. So, yep. Biggest point differential on the table. Ooh, definitely. I, I kind of want to look at the schedule. Um, Somebody did bring that up schedule. in the chat. No, lowest no, lowest is, record, 14 to 1. Worst record. Is, well, keep that in mind as we go through the rest of these previews because I would my modal expectation for this team is like three and thirteen, three and or three and fourteen. Um, and I don't know if anyone goes under three wins, but that's that's realistically where we're looking at here. Now their schedule is not super hard, which helps. Um a lot of coin flips on there, at least by in the eyes of the bookmakers. There's a lot of coin flips on there. Um, but it doesn't start easy <laughs> at all. Out of the gate, San Francisco and then Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. Yikes. Uh, and then you get uh, a brief rep- reprieve 
hosting the Houston Texans, who is your most closest reflection of yourself in the current NFL in terms of talent. So maybe you can get one at home against the Texans. Um, but then, yeah, lots of other games where you're going to be more than a field goal dog. Um, how do you think they match up against sort of the other expected to be in the bottom of their division teams like the Giants and the, and the uh, Commanders? So, I mean, just looking at it, again, it's another one of those we talked about. The Lions had a lot of games that were cold-weather road games. It's like, oh, yeah, we get to play bad teams. Yeah, but it's cold, and it's November, and it's on the road. Same kind of thing here, too, where Atlanta, yeah, Atlanta is definitely on the table to be the worst team, but you got to go to Atlanta, you know, and and then you have a back-to-back. Jets, not likely to be some surprise 10-win team. It's supposed to be a bad team again. Again, it's second week of a back-to-back. Philly only getting only giving two and a half at Philly late in the season. I wonder if that number's there once we get around to it. But and then again at Detroit late in the season, it's not outdoors, but it's it's definitely a road game for one of your shitty teams. Granted, yes, you are going to no matter what happens, you will play at Detroit every year. But a lot of these teams that you're close with, there are a lot of road games, and they're. Again, Minnesota, that might be a game where Vikings are playing for something and the Bears are not. So I, I don't know if you're, you know, if you're the Bears and you have some players that are dinged up, if you're putting them out there to play uh, a home game. I mean, there's a certain bit of pride there. They know that's a rivalry. It's not as big as the Green Bay one, but there's a lot of these coin flip games where it's like other external factors are against them. So yeah, they probably beat Houston, Washington, and then maybe Atlanta on the road. Like there's your three wins, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, that's basically where that where Atlanta, that Atlanta uh, Chicago game could be. It could all time bad. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> that could, going to suck. Um, you know what, uh, you know, what will make week three Houston versus uh, Chicago. Interesting. That Houston has a better quarterback. Lovey Smith coming home that's true that's true (laughs) we got the revenge game for lovey smith in chicago at soldiers field unbelievable yeah and we and we already talked about it it will be boy just a further indictment of chicago like what if davis mills just roasts their ass cooks their asses just cooks their puts their ass in the jackpot like that'll be that that'll be the whole week like oh man they traded up for this guy they could have just they could have traded back and got Davis Mills because it's so easy to do this when you're looking back at it two oh, years yeah, from now. So easy. Yeah, I'm really good at handicapping the games that already happened. Um, um, but yeah, that that one, yeah. that one, for sure. That's that's their biggest. <laughs> their, that's their biggest advantage. They're most likely win on the schedule. Yeah. I actually would. I would like if I had to bet them to win one game. I would actually bet that Thursday night. Uh, Washington coming to town, rather. You want to see uh, Carson Wentz on the other side of the field when you're betting on the on the on the Bears? Yeah, I, I like Davis Mills more than Carson Wentz right now. So. Eberflus uh, has should have the answers for Carson Wentz. This is true. This is true. Last year, um, you know, and, who, and another uh, point yeah, too. Yeah. You know, our guy Getsy, the OC. Maybe they do. You know, they they're going to know quite a bit about Green Bay and the offense, stealing a Green Bay offensive assistant. Well, the uh, problem is Green Bay's defense, 
I mean, the over-under for sacks by the Green Bay defense week two, Sunday Night Football. 7.5? 7. 7. I was going to say 7, no. 8. Uh, I mean, uh, this, is the, this is the other thing. Aiden Hutchinson gets to play this sack, sorry sack of an offensive line twice. Does that clinch him? The D. I was gonna say he gets he gets to play the Bears and the Vikings four times. Like those are bad offensive lines. Yeah. Like he could have eight sacks in those four games. That's a big chunk of what he needs. That might be enough. Yeah. Look where look where he goes. Uh look where he's playing the Bears for the second time. Right in that sweet spot when everybody's figuring out their awards. The you know what we'll call that week? Uh that's the Jamar Chase week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in on that. And that's the thing too. I mentioned like, Hey, here's some, here's some bad offensive lines. Like I'd have to go back and look and Dan was kind enough. If you are in the deep dive discord, Dan was kind enough to post these schedules in there for you guys. If you want them, if not, you better get over there and find them. But uh, yeah, the lions go, Carol, the Jets, Carolina, Chicago. They go nice. Jacksonville, Minnesota, nice. Jets, Carolina, Chicago. We need to go reverse rewind and talk about betting Hutchinson <laughs> at any price. At any price. Uh, so um, the other things I wanted to note about the Chicago schedule, which are interesting to me, uh, no situational stuff, no weirdness in at all uh, in terms of the timing or flying or whatever. Travel, a lot of advantage spots travel-wise, where people have to come to them on arduous trips. Um, not a lot of spots where they are at a disadvantage uh, for rest or travel, other than a couple of key ones, notably that Atlanta game uh, and the Dallas game. Um, and then as you look at these current look-ahead lines, if we're right and everybody kind of figures out that this is the 32nd best offense in the NFL by halfway through the season, then you're not getting Philadelphia at minus two and a half week 15. You're not getting Buffalo at minus seven. <laughs> you're not even getting Detroit at minus one and a half, probably. Right? Like this Green Bay plus four, minus four week 13. Like we, you could have a real good laugh about that uh, when the time comes. So a lot of uh, potential revision. Uh, to these expected lines as we kind of actually figure out how bad the Bears offense is. Um, and in that vein, getting to their six and a half win total seems utterly impossible. Yeah. I said I could make a case for all wins over. I don't know if I have that. <laughs> but just like, yeah, like field, Fields has to absolutely jive with Fields the offense. Could- he could kick, yeah. I mean, what if so he's there? Good? Were so many coin flips on that schedule. Like, if you lose this, um, under six and a half, you were going to lose it by three games. Like, Fields is going to come through and they're going to win eight coin flip games because they have so many coin flip games in the schedule. And they're just, you know, if Fields can lead them to uh, a bunch of wins just on the back of him being used properly, they're going to win a bunch of games now. I, what kind of percentage chance would you put? Hey, Fields is just so good. They win nine games. 
there's other ways to bet into that if that's what you think could happen. Yeah, and that that's the thing too. Like Fields can Fields win comeback player of the year in a second year? I don't know if that's oh, a deal. Wow. That's not yeah. really a market. Everybody knows everybody knows Justin Fields died in the Battle of Little Bighorn. What this handicap presupposes is what if he's good? Uh I just I don't think Was that from there's, Little Big Man? No, that was Royal Tannenbaums. Um, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> the uh, no, the 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 six and a half win total is a real mindfuck. And I don't, I don't know. I I just the positive confluence of events that has to happen to get you there is just it's just too too rich. And honestly, uh, I'm curious if you bet I, and I under, truthfully, I I think it's only one thing. I think Justin Fields plays well above expectation because he's used properly and they can win seven games because they have some sure. coin flips. But again, Great point. I Great don't point. think that the chance of that happening in year one it's is high enough because of the play, <laughs> the pieces he has around him. Even if he elevates his game to a crazy level, he still has bad receivers, bad offensive line and a first time essentially play caller. So it's, it's such a tough ask. So yeah, Bears under okay. Bears under five and a half, four and a half, three and a half. I like it. All the unders on the Bears is fine by me. Um, any books in uh, any books in Illinois hang all win totals? I believe Caesars, I, Caesars and William Hill. It's like, is this one of those things where there's enough Chicago Bears money in the market that the number's a little high? It's not really a thing regional, and you know now that there's no. so many states legal at like FanDuel, like they're not going to see regional buy. Like you saw that at first when it was just Jersey, and you'd get all this money on like the Jets and stuff. But now that these you know these books are, I mean FanDuel's in like 30 states, you don't see that regional bias as much. I don't know. They're not going to move the number just in one municipality. I don't believe. Like somebody yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, it is. Uh, Again, we see tweets about this. It's the most bet regular season win total on the board to the under, and it's still standing strong at six and a half juice to the under. Yeah, I uh, I got to tell you, man, expectations for this team are low, as we've covered in in great detail. But are they low enough? And I think the answer is no. <laughs> I think that answer is no. I hope, do, you I mean, think, I hope. do you think to make the playoffs no is short? Shouldn't that be like <laughs> I mean, because yeah. honestly, like let's say Fields absolutely sun runs for 17 damn weeks. Like, what yeah. is their ceiling <clears throat> if he plays like where he's getting MVP talk? He's playing so well. They're still not winning 10 games. Like eight, nine is really 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 high for them so like have you that's that yeah. should probably be minus ten thousand. yeah i think so too. Uh, clip that, clip that no, when they make no. the playoffs yeah <laughs> <laughs> no here's uh here's the here's the key for me really is that like there's Look a the lot of bears meet... right now too that's a good point we least point scored their second favorite and least point scored, but they have a six and a half win total. No, that's absolutely insane. Um, the who is lowest in least point scored? Is it Seattle, Houston? 
It's got to be Seattle. Who's the worst offense? I'm, I have the Bears clearly 32nd best offense. Who's the who's the the, the leader in the market and fewest points scored? Probably. Jets, I mean, it's not like Jets, Houston no. added a bunch. Steven, tell it's us. Be, it's got to be the Texans. I'm not looking at this. Um, um Houston. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, All right. Super Bowl can't bet NFC. NFC. No. So you know, this is the question I guess. None of these are bettable. With the mo- the the tone of camp stories for the Bears is going to be probably surprisingly positive right like people are there there are all these new faces everybody expects them to suck and then there's lots of stories well these guys look better than we thought and oh this mooney's making plays uh velis jones might be a guy <laughs> like like justin fields looking comfortable in the offense like i feel like the bears media is going to do it their honest effort the way they do every year to really lift this team up in terms of hope as you get closer to the season, do you think that trickles into the market at all? Like, you know, is it worth it waiting on firing on all unders for the bears, or is this going to go even more aggressively against them as people kind of synthesize the roster changes? Unless they trade Robert Quinn for a receiver that can make a difference, which he's not worth. I mean, you're not going to get that sort of cop because I'm sure that just the way it would work with the salary, like, no, like, I don't think anyone's going to believe these coaches. Like, yeah, the Keel Harry, that's, that was the missing piece. Like we're totally going to be a competitor this year. Like I think enough people are probably pretty well entrenched in the, this team is going to stink. Now, again, a team like this can be a bet against team if it can come out of the gates hot like it did last year against some teams that it probably shouldn't have beat, but we're starting Niners Green Bay. Like you, well, 85 to 90% chance this team is 0-2. It's hard to get any sort of hype around an 0-2 team, even if they beat the Houston Texans. Again, at that point, you've got beaten by two good teams and you beat the only team that might be worse than you besides Atlanta. And then, you know, (laughs) road games at the Giants and Vikings, even if you go one and one and let's say you get to Washington, like if you could end up three and three after six, I still don't think teams, anyone is excited about this team because like, yeah, they, they beat the Texans. They beat the commanders. It's going to be weird to say. And then, you know, maybe they, they got past the Giants or Vikings. So even three and three, it just doesn't feel like there's any chance in the preseason or early in the season for this team to get hyped up. So I don't think there's like an attackable spot to come back against this team. Maybe the opposite of what we did with Detroit, where you could, you could sell, sell, sell today. Well, sell, 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 sell today. And then take it to, Hey, guess what? Detroit, Detroit's coming into town late in the season with golf. Like, you know, we said that's a a sell spot for Detroit. That, that means one, it's yeah. a buy spot for Chicago. Same thing maybe goes for, oh, God, I'm trying to see. Philly's, God, Philly's cold weather. Are now. you going to have the guts on January 1st to wake up and make a bet on the Bears at like three plus three at home that week? I guess you're, you know, that's that's the that's that's the dream. You need three and a half. Plus, we'll say. Plus, three and a half, you're firing three Bears. Flat. I'll take it. Okay, so here's the... um. So here's the question then. This because this is this is the key to this entire sell again later. <laughs> this is this is the key then. 
are the Bears trying to win this year? Is this a team that wants to win football games in the year 2022? Or is this a team that wants to like, okay. So, so, so paint for me, like you were going through the, if the, if the guy, if he feels clicks, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So what, and what would sell you, not you because you're too smart, like, a dumb G- a GM or just like media and the, the whole, you know, the whole machination, all the machinations that go on that drive the hype, that get a guy hired. What is better for a, a head coach? It's like, Hey, that guy turned around a really shitty team year one. We should look at him or Hey, that guy really set his team up for long-term success by not playing well for a couple of years and now look at them like it's it's for sure year one. So it's like if I'm Aberflus, you know, like instant success yeah. might not be the best long term, but for your the longevity of your head coaching career, it is for sure the best. Like he's absolutely trying to win. Whereas, well, listen, think I, about we what get, we, we get just too, said about we Dan get Campbell. Too pragmatic. No, we think about what we just said about, about Dan honestly. Campbell. Dan Campbell won three games last year. Yep, he was by every measurable kind of metric he did not do his job in year one as a coach and yet i think everyone comes into year two thinking that is a team that played hard for that guy and that he showed you enough in even in a losing campaign to have some thread of optimism for 2022 and beyond i think that's Ever a possibility goes, yeah that's a possibility I, like, for the bears if if the bears are playing hard and covering double digit spreads for the months of october and november but just can't seem to find that first win that's best case that's scenario. good sure. <laughs> that's good you know, that and then is- and then you get to the end of the season and fields puts together a little magic against uh you know philly detroit minnesota right you know, I mean, it sucks that Buffalo's in the mix there because you're not going to beat them probably. But um, you know, if they're if they put together a little magic at the end of their season, and let's say they just win their last two, they beat Detroit, they beat Minnesota, and Fields is all of a sudden like got control of the locker room, has the buy-in from you know, has a you know, understands the system they're trying to run and is operating it well. Like this team finishing two and 15 and winning their last two games is probably their best outcome for the 2022 campaign. Yeah. Am I crazy? I'm, try- I'm just trying to think of how many years we've seen teams do what the lions did last year, where it was like, Hey, they lost a lot of close games, but it was they usually played super one every hard. year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but man, it just felt like an out. It felt like the best of it though. Like we hadn't seen a situation where it's like, man, they are set up. They, they have buy-in on the coach. They played their rookies a lot. They have a good offensive and defensive line. They have some good young receivers. Like this team is like one or two pieces, like a, a lockdown corner and a quarterback away from like a 12 win team. And once, you know, once you get some more experience for the young guys, like with the bears, it just feels like at the end of the year, we're still going to say like, yeah, they covered some games, but like can fields do that repeatedly where it's like, he was really putting the load on his back. None of these receivers stepped up consistently. You'd have sporadic, you know, highlight games from one or the other, but we never saw consistency. Like you still need reasons to be excited for the next year, but I mean, you're still correct, Drew, like getting that two and 15 season where they cover a bunch of spreads. Like the lions <laughs> were one of the best ATS teams. I think they were the only 
team had a positive ATS record that finished below 500 in the, on the year. Like they, they were right. amazing against the spread. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's best case scenario. And yeah, as far as betting plan of attack, like it says there, it is selling the Bears now. Like if they win seven games, I'll go down with that ship. That's fine. Like that's going in the hopper. I'm gonna have like 15 regular season win totals this year. Let's see if I can parlay them. Um, <clears throat> your last point. I agree with that. I'll, the last point I wanted to kind of make or ask you. Uh, what's your read on? Okay, is he playing? Is he actually? Oh, he's not playing Lawrence, but he's playing everybody else. He's playing Lance. He's playing Mac. He's playing Mills, and he's playing Wilson. Yeah. Uh, in those four games, Justin Fields is. Head-to-head record is what against those players? I mean, even though I like Mills better, I think they can win that game. Like, probably yeah. two and two. Like, the the, the the Jags' big step forward, I think, is probably a little overblown. That feels hot takey in the, the Twitter. They're not, the Jag, they're, they're, not playing, they're not playing the Jags for whatever. That Lawrence is the only guy he's not going head-to-head against. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Well, play. then that one's not going to happen anyway. But the Jets, the Jets are still a beatable team. The Jets, I like what the Jets are doing. When we get to them, I'll have nice things to say about them. I still don't think they're going to win many games. Whew, man, so, this Bears team is going to be. This bad. was this was good oh. for for the first one. This was good, I thought. Oh yeah, no, those were these. I I feel like we picked two teams that we had some pretty specific, easy, straightforward, low hanging fruit point of view to yeah. to really drop on people. We're going to get to one next time around with the Minnesota Vikings. I'll spoil it. I don't know what the fuck to think about that team. <laughs> I really don't know what the hell. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, these two were uh, were good warm up uh, week one preseason games for us. I think we'll have a, we'll have a spirited debate on what Green Bay's offense can be, and then Minnesota. Yeah, they have some big again big question marks in the same spots that Minnesota is just Detroit with more skill, like. Or excuse me, the Bears with more skill. I I wouldn't want to compare those offensive lines, but it's like, hey, they have an established quarterback and good receivers, but their offensive line and their secondary is kind of stinky. So, I mean, the Vikings are a couple injuries away from being the Bears, which is, they're fragile, I believe. To quote our friend, I was going to say plus EV analytics, but I suppose Taleb the original source material for that so don't you know minnesota yeah we'll get to minnesota and green bay tomorrow wednesday and we'll release those podcasts thursday and friday and with that thank you thank you if you're in the youtube chat hit a thumbs up if you're not subscribed subscribed follow at deep dive pod we'll put up some thoughts afterwards on this and let's go lions (music) 